Welcome to The Spark Effect, the most famous podcast you haven't heard of. I am your host, Wendy Durrell, bringing you stories, advice, support, and the most fascinating guests on the planet. I believe it just takes a spark to change a life. Let's do this thing. Hello, hello, everyone. Today has been a very, very busy day for me. This morning, before I got busy with all of my work, I was doing my general social media scroll, and two posts stood out to me because they were very similar. One was talking about how empty the trains are here in New York City, because a lot of people have already gone on Christmas vacation. The other post was talking about how she was at the gym, and it was also empty. And I think at the end of the year, every year, a lot of times we slow down. We, you know, we're a lot more about vacation, enjoying the holidays and slowing down. But for me, this year, I have sped up. I am full into my business. I am, I've got, you know, projects going left and right, and I love it. I've got everything juggling, but everything's coming together. And it's amazing and passionate. And I, it's wonderful. And I love talking to people that are just as passionate about their work as I am about mine. Today, I get to bring to you an interview by a guest who I admire so much and am lucky enough to be friends with. As I've gotten older, I have developed a greater appreciation for fashion and for my own personal style. It's coming slowly, but I have I definitely have a look, like a Wendy look, and I have things that I really like. I'm very into plain colors and simple. I I like a a pop of color. I like a brooch now. I know that's a little old lady, but I love it. And it was so nice to talk to someone who not only appreciates that and knows about it and is an expert about it, but also knows this whole other fascinating side to fashion I didn't know existed until I met her. Jessica is a fashion historian and archivist based in New York City. She's a master's degree in fashion and textile studies from the Fashion Institute of Technology and has nearly a decade of experience working in the corporate fashion industry. She's incredible. In her spare time, she's a pole fitness enthusiast and enjoys competing in regional pole championships. We'll also be discussing that. I hope you enjoy the interview as much as I enjoyed giving it, and that, like me, you learned something new about fashion today. I have to welcome Jessica to the Spark Effect. Jessica is one of the only people I know who dreamed about a career and is actually doing it now. Like, there's not many people like that that I know. So welcome to the Spark Effect. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. Happy to be here. So tell me, what did you go to school for? Uh, So my undergrad is actually in costume design. I had a minor in museum studies and art history, but I clearly uh, very early on, you know, learned that I wasn't really that interested in doing uh, costumes for a career. Um, I didn't want to create new items. I really wanted to take care of old things. So Mm -hmm. that was really, and and undergrad is, is that's, I I tell people that's okay. You know, it's kind of for figuring out what you don't want to do sometimes. Well, sure. Um, so I quickly learned that I really just want, was interested in fashion history mostly. So I was lucky enough in my last semester um, at my undergraduate, it was at Florida State, I got an internship at the Museum of London. Uh, I was studying abroad. Oh, wow. Which was totally incredible. And I remember, I'll never forget walking into the costume storage area the very first day I was there. And they had on the uh, 
table one of Queen Victoria's morning gowns. <gasps> and That's amazing. Right next to it was a history book with the page flipped open with a picture of her wearing it. Oh and that was sort of like, okay, this is what I want to do. That's um, wonderful. How long was the internship? I was there for four months. Four months. And I kind of can't believe that they let a girl from Florida with no background whatsoever in museum studies, like besides, you know, just being in my program, you know, they let me like touch these objects, you know. So neat. Yeah. So that, that really solidified for me what I wanted to do. So I was researching after my graduation, I was researching graduate degrees in the field of fashion history. And um, I decided to uh, apply to FIT, mm-hmm. the Fashion Institute of Technology. And yeah, it was, I was lucky enough to get in. The master's program is in fashion and textile studies. Um, So the people who come out of the program are either textile conservators or they work in private collections or museums uh, on the curatorial side. Wow. So, but you get training in both and it's just a really incredible program. Is it like, because I know for like theater, like everybody knows everybody in that kind of industry. Is it like that? Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a very niche field. We all kind of know each other especially in the New York area. Um, So yeah, it's definitely like that. You make a lot of connections really easily. Very neat. So that that led you to becoming an archive manager. Correct. What does that entail? (laughs) By the way, everyone, we have cocktails. You're going to totally hear ice every now and then. (laughs) Cheers. I was lucky enough to get an internship at my current place of employment. Um, It's at an American fashion brand when, when I was in the program at FIT. And yeah, luckily for me, the a position came open afterwards. Uh, so internships are very important. I always like to stress that. You never know what's going to happen. But yeah, I'm basically in charge of a private fashion archive uh, for a corporate fashion brand. And it entails uh, inventorying garments. Uh, we have about 20,000 garments uh, from the runway. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, about 5,000 accessories at this point. Um, so it's, it's quite an amazing collection. But yeah, I'm basically in charge of the, the day-to-day operations. Um, and it's you for this giant <laughs> Yeah, I do, I do have a, yeah, I do. It is, our team is growing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we do have a parent corporation. But yeah, it's it started very small. It was just me for a long time. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. And it basically acts as like a garment library for the design teams that work for the fashion brand. And do, do you guys pull things that are old and then bring them back? Um, yeah, sometimes they do that. Um, that's actually become kind of a trendy thing lately with fashion archive. People are dipping into their archives. Fashion brands, um, you know, in recent years have been looking back and kind of bringing back nostalgia, like the 90s have come back. So there's been a lot of like 90s capsule collections and things like that. So yeah, that's definitely... I have um, seen this. Yes. <laughs> 90s are back. Whether Some like of them, I'm not. like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, it's definitely become a thing, but that, that's great for people like me because that's, you know, that's job, sure. <laughs> job security right there. You know, people are always wanting to look back and especially people of a certain age, you know, the ones who are buying the clothes, mm-hmm. you know, they, people love nostalgia. They love to remember like, oh, you know, you know, we, we like to make fun of the eighties, you know, or, you know, like, but we all loved them. Right. Exactly. So definitely. it does, there's always that nostalgia factor that, that definitely gets across. What goes into like preserving the garments? Cause as they, as they get older, I'm sure that there's some sort of process that you have to do. Yeah, so uh, garments, um, you know, like a certain temperature and humidity. Mm-hmm. So that's really the most important thing, even in your day-to-day life. Uh, you know, I always try to tell people, like, storing their wedding gown, for instance, you know, don't put it, don't wrap it in plastic and put it in a cardboard box. <laughs> it's probably the worst thing for it. <laughs> I know <laughs> or so many people like. that have done that. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of the worst thing for it. Um, so let it breathe, you know. Right. Um, try not to store it in an attic or a basement because there's fluctuations in temperature and humidity. 
Sure. Garments can take, I think, a, you know, they're pretty robust. They can they can take a lot as long as it doesn't fluctuate a lot. So it's important to just have it stable. But they like, you know, 70, 72 degrees, mm-hmm. 55% relative humidity. So it's 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 kind of a science. It sounds it. like wine or something yeah. like that. It's like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just true. You know, there's... People who are like painting and, you know, conservationists have a certain, you know, have certain criteria and so do garments. Um, but people, you know, we're still struggling to like sh- show people that like these are like works of art. Right. You know, um, fashion archives are definitely becoming more trendy, but, you know, that's they to, in order to stay around for hundreds of years. You know, Is there like a, a digital archive of this stuff, too, so that you can yes. look back? Yes. We are very fortunate to have been able to digitize our collection. Um, so we do have... A, a repository on basically on the internet that all of our associates um, that had at the company be, can can access, which is really incredible. That had to be a huge job, it was especially with the, the advent of digital and like you know before it was all you know film and things like that, right. and so it was all like hard copy. Right. So I'm sure that it, it was like, were you involved with archiving all of that stuff? Oh yeah, it was, <laughs> it was basically uh, I really everything that I learned in my graduate program um, I, I used on a day to day basis. So that's always really rewarding when you. Sure. You know, use what you you learned and paid for to go to school, and you use it on a daily basis. So, yeah, it was it was a huge project, but worth worth all the pain. Do you ever get like a call like, Jessica, I need this piece from this year for this celebrity or politician. They want to wear something from this period of time. With Hillary Clinton, actually, mm-hmm. they wanted me to pull some pieces from the archive, like in order to make her a coat. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, went around. This is before you know the election, obviously. I went around and pulled some pieces, you know, based on what I thought that she would like, mm-hmm. which, you know, isn't necessarily part of my job description, but I know the pieces really well. So sometimes the PR team leans on me sure, um, to say, you know, pull something for X, Y, and Z. And uh, so I, I pulled some pieces and I remember this one like gold coat mm-hmm. that I thought looked really just looked like her style. Um, I'm not a stylist by trade, but, you know, I just thought it was something interesting. And uh, she ended up loving it so much they made her a custom one. Wow. So that was probably my biggest win so cool. <laughs> from an yeah. archive point of view. I mean, because that's a, a huge, huge thing. But yeah, we've we've had pieces end up on magazine covers, which is a, a huge deal because, you know, we're dealing with things from the past. And right. so for something from the past to end up on, a, a, you know, the cover of a magazine is actually a big deal because usually it's all about presenting the now. What's right, the new stuff. But right. I love with fashion that there's this cyclical nature to it. It, it does come back oh, every, yeah. every like 10, 15 years. Yeah, especially now, more day, more nowadays for sure. For, yeah. What are your favorite parts of your job? It kind of combines everything that I love. I love history. Mm-hmm. Of course, I love fashion. There's kind of a, you know, a technical side to it, like a scientific kind of side to it. You have to be really good at organizing, which, you know, just gives me great joy <laughs> as somebody who loves organization. Having things all neat and yeah, in place, um, right? All in order and all, you know, everything like that. Um, I love doing research. I love giving, you know, when people give me a research question or, you know, a conundrum of some kind or mm-hmm. a historical inquiry, I love, you know, diving into our records and seeing what I can dredge up. That's always really rewarding. And it's even better when I know the answer right off the top of my head. That right. always is so great because I've been there for a while now. Yeah, I you, just passed my seven-year anniversary. You must have learned so much just at, not focused on what your job is, but outside of it. Yeah, I mean, once you are, you know, you're dealing with this collection on a daily basis. You know, it's just it just becomes part of your, you know, your brain. 
And uh, so sometimes, you know, somebody will ask me a question, I just know right off the bat. And so that's always really rewarding as well. But yeah, I, lo- I love research and writing and talking about my collection. How neat. I, you know, before I met you, I didn't know that this job existed. Mm-hmm. And it's, what advice would you give to people that are starting in fashion that would be interested in, in your kind of job and then in fashion in general? Well, definitely, you know, there, there are a few, um, you know, programs out there devoted specifically to fashion history, like the FIT program, which I definitely recommend, of course. But there are others. Um, you could also, um, I mean, really, getting a master's degree is probably the best avenue because I made so many connections in that program that I don't think I could, you could, you know, there's something to be said about people who just, you know, make it on their own and don't need education, and that's totally fine. I'm all about that. But there, you know, you make so many connections when you're in a program like sure. that that you couldn't get otherwise. You just couldn't get your foot in the door. No, I imagine the network that you develop from something like that is invaluable later. Exactly. So that, and I mean, but if you can get an internship at a place that you know has an archive, mm-hmm. you know, that, that is preserving its past, then, you know, try to, try to, get, try to get your foot in the door that way. You know, it's, it has it become becoming more of a popular um, thing for brands to do. People are really are, are thinking about their histories more and more. Um, so it's actually become kind of a trendy thing as well. So I think this is a great time for people to get into fashion archives. I imagine that the, the process is updated too. Like we were talking about the digital thing, but I imagine like, you know, store where to store these things has changed as well, because as the collections amass, you need more yeah. room for these things. Absolutely. And also, you know, best practices change. I mean, that's in the mm-hmm. museum field in general, you know, the Practices that were were practiced, you know, 50 years ago or even 10 years ago are always updating. So, you know, we're no different with fashion. Um, you know, we're always going to be talking to each other, you know, which is one thing that's great about the archiving community. Very open for the most part, you know, about like talking to each other, even if we're at competing brands. You know, oh, that's we, so interesting. Yeah. That's, that's actually really refreshing to hear because yeah. we see in like movies that, you know, the fashion industry is depicted at this very cutthroat, right. um, stern world. Is that, do you find that to be exaggerated or accurate or somewhere in the middle? I mean, you know, I, I of course I deal with the, the fashion industry, uh, you know, on a daily basis in that way. And mm-hmm. I think that there are some, some truths to that. Um, but luckily, like I'm more in the academic in the, right. in, in the fashion industry and, you know, the people that I'm, you know, or my colleagues are also academics that are in the fashion industry. So we are not like that, <laughs> luckily um, for us. Um, you know, we're more about sharing because we all have the shared sense of like, we are the voice of the objects. You know, we want to preserve this history for the future, which whether it's the future for the, the people who work at these companies, um, if, even if they never see the light of day or even the public, because, you know, my company, for instance, is becoming more public with, um, you know, sharing our resources, like with mm-hmm. students. Um, we love having tour groups come in, like students from FIT, for instance. That's so good. I mean, and which I love giving back to because, of course, I started as a student and an right. intern. Um, so I think that's really important. So, yeah, I think the fashion industry can be definitely cut through. There are big personalities. In, in <laughs> yeah, in I have fashion. this image in my head of people like sweeping into rooms and being very dramatic, but it's probably not you know, always like that. You know, sometimes it can be, but, you know, you just got to roll with it and... You know, I was in theater before this, so it was kind of the same way. <laughs> <laughs> so you were ready for all of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, we had a couple of questions on my Facebook page when I, I said I was talking to someone in fashion. And, oh, one of them was was like basically like how do you how do you look put together and nice easily? 
wear black. No. Yeah. No, no, for real. Uh, anybody that knows me knows that I, I love wearing black uh, ever since I was a, a young kid. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, that's a New York thing, too. I mean, sure. when you put on black, uh, it's more about the cut and the mm-hmm. fit of your clothes and not about anything else, really. So you can you can make yourself just look really refined uh, or if you just have a pop of color. Sure. Um, but yeah, just being honest about yourself and, you know, your your figure and what looks good on you, um, what doesn't look good on you, like certain patterns or shapes, things that are too blown out of proportion for your size, um, especially if you're like petite, you know, mm-hmm. wearing something that's like enveloping you. So I'm all about the, the classic, just the classic looks, classic pieces that are going to take you, you know, over the course of five or even 10 years. I mean, that's not unheard of if you really shop smart, especially when you're on a budget. Another question we had on my Facebook page was how to dress like Stevie Nicks without it looking like a costume. And I think that could actually go for any celebrity that you want to emulate. What would you say? Well, nothing wrong with wearing a costume, to be honest. <laughs> I've, I've had lots of, you know, costume looks in my day. Um, you know, I went through a Lady Gaga phase. <laughs> I, your Halloween costume was the bomb. <laughs> um, but yeah, I say no, no worries in this day and age about looking like you're wearing a costume, uh, especially if you live in a place like New York City. But um, I don't know, Rachel Zoe, I feel like, American fashion designer. You know, she, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's a good... I feel like that's her personal style. Could, yeah, could she's like got up, that updated, like, that wispy, like yeah, long maxi dresses, flowy and, look going. Yeah, so maybe look into her her style and kind of emulate that. But otherwise, rock your rock yourself. Rock your bad self. What do you What do you wish more people knew about fashion or the fashion industry or appreciated about it? A lot of hard work goes into it. I mean, I know that there are a lot of people who think that fashion is super frivolous, but. A lot of hard work goes into what you see on the runways, whether or not you think runway fashion matters. And it's a lot of people who devote their lives to it and take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. But fashion can help you understand, you know, what's going on well, sure. anywhere. It's, like you're, it's not just art. It's, it's expression. It's not just what you see on the, on, on the runway or the cover of the magazine. It, it's, a, it's personal expression. Like yeah. It really is, and it's how you present yourself to the world. And you're right. A lot of work goes into it. Yeah. And so when I hear people are like, because I get made fun of a lot because my dream purse is a Chanel purse. Nothing wrong with that. But someday I want to walk into the store and I want to buy the real thing because I have such an appreciation for the craftsmanship that went into it and how beautiful it is. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, not at all. Uh, It's not, people can have that opinion. It's frivolous. It's more representative of a society and culture than a lot of people give it credit for. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not entirely, you know, discernible until 10, 20 years later, you know, it's hard to know in the moment, like what the, what the significance is. But, um, you know, we, we know from looking back in in history and looking at the fashions and a lot of times fashion predicts certain things like great examples before 9-11, not to be a Debbie Downer, but there was camo on the runways the season, the season before 9-11 everywhere. I had no idea. So it's stuff like that where it's almost in the zeitgeist. I mean, not to get too frou-frou. But no, no. That's super interesting, actually. Yeah, it's when you really start to look at it. And it happened pre-World War II as well. Same kind of thing. Um, so it's, yeah, it's 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 a lot more interesting and, and, and important than I think a lot of people yeah, get and, credit for. Yeah, and indicative of what could happen. Now, I, I know that you already do this, and I had to ask you about it because I eventually, I promise you I eventually will come with you too. What do you do in your spare time, Jessica? Oh, well, my biggest uh, hobby is I do pole sport, pole fitness, pole dancing, however you want to say it. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's an incredible workout. It's, 
it's literally changed my life. How long, when did you start and where are you now? Um, so I started four and a half years ago. Um, March, I think March will be my fifth year anniversary. I go to a place called Foxy Fitness here in New York City. Foxy Fitness represent. I'll link it in the show notes for you guys. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, best pole studio in New York City, but I would say the world. <laughs> and I start. I mean, I had a dance background, so I wasn't starting from zero, you know, which some people do, and they do incredible, and it, it, like so it doesn't matter. Even right. if you have no dance background, just come anyway if you're interested in it whatsoever. Um, but I always wanted to try it. There was a Groupon way back when, you know, 10 classes for whatever. And I sat on it for a year because I was so nervous to try it. And I wish I hadn't. That's me. (laughs) I wish I hadn't because I'd be a whole year better (laughs) if I hadn't. Um, But I finally went in and it was, I had to just keep making myself go, even though the first class was amazing and I actually was sore and I barely did anything. Now looking back at that first class, I hardly did anything. (laughs) I thought it was so crazy. Um, But I just kept going because I I knew that I was going to love it. I knew I was going to love it. And so I just kept doing it. And I bought a pole for the, you know, I bought a pole within the first month of doing pole, which was a little crazy, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to invest now. No, so I have wonderful. a pole in my apartment. Um, but yeah, I just kept going. And then eventually that turned into, you know, I was going just once a week or maybe once every two weeks. I uh, was in the student showcase um, that they have uh, twice a year. I came and watched that. That's and right. I was, I was amazed at the, athleticism in it like the so much upper body strength and so much like and and like you said for dancing but it was also like it it has to be a workout like it has to be legit a workout it really is i mean actually upper body strength was never my strong suit um even as a dancer a lot you know dancers a lot of times like you know i did acrobatics which that helps for Mm -hmm. sure but you know when you're doing jazz and ballet it's mostly lower body sure um, so that was like, I always had strong legs, but upper body, I really wasn't that great. I couldn't do a pull up or anything like that. Same. Um, and that's what a lot of people, when they want to try pole, you know, or they're interested, they're like, oh, but I'm not strong enough. Well, you're going to get strong you can get if stronger. you keep going. Sure. So don't wait until you're strong and then go. Like, that's the whole point of going to pole. Um, it's just like any other sport that you try. If you try it once, you're not going to be an expert that day. You got to keep coming back. So even though I felt like I wasn't good enough. The, the instructors were so amazing and just so supportive. I just kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming. And all of a sudden, I find myself, I'm competing. You're so good now. Oh, my <laughs> right. God, she's so good. Um, the I other be better. But. The other thing that I, I loved about it was watching. I think that a lot of people hesitate on going because they feel like, and as women, this happens a lot, we feel like we're going to get judged or we're not this thing. But the community is welcoming. Oh, totally. Oh, body tapes, ages, sizes, whatever. Like, just go and do your thing. And, it's the best. And it was positive and supportive, and, and that is so what I am about. I yeah. love that. If there if there is a supportive community out there, it is the pole community, and especially at Foxy, um, like any anyone can do it. And let's say you know you're worried about I'm not gonna be able to do this. Like they can work with your abilities. It, it's amazing. I can't say enough great things about it, and it really has changed my life. I mean, I'm there. I feel like I'm there almost every every week, <laughs> weeknight. Um, do they have other locations outside of New York? They do. They have one in West New York. Okay, so yeah. we'll link them. If you guys are in an area that they don't have, check Groupon, check places, go take a pole class. I promise I will take one in the next few months. We'll see. So you just went to a competition recently. Yes. What did you play? Northeast, Northeast Pole Championships. Uh, I got first in my division, which was so very good. exciting. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was a great experience. Um, all the Foxy students did really well. I mean, just 
it's just fun. It's just fun to be around a bunch of people who love pole as much as you do for, yeah. you know, two whole days and watching all the different competitors. And, but yeah, I was, I was super happy with my performance and, uh, it, it, I had some injuries this year, I had to go to physical therapy from a shoulder injury mm-hmm. and just, you know, just was falling apart. felt like <laughs> it was just, a, it was a rough training season, but it all paid off. And, uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting back to it and training for the next one. So good. Jessica, thank you for being on the show. Jessica is one of the the strongest, most inspiring business and all around amazing women I know. Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> I'm gonna link um, Foxy in the the show notes and um, and then other places that you can find Jess. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Another huge thank you to Jessica for coming down and being on The Spark Effect. I had such a great time chatting with you. If you're enjoying the show, please share it. We also have a Patreon account if you would like to support the show further. Totally not required, but every penny does help me keep this thing on the air. There will also be a link in the show notes. I hope you guys are all doing well, being healthy, happy, and having a wonderful holiday season. And I will see you next week, Christmas Day.